Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. Join me, Hillary Kirkendall, Wedgwood's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, as I sit down for conversations with the amazing people who work at, learn from, and grow through our grace-filled residential care, counseling services, and community programs. Grab your cup of coffee or tea and enjoy experts sharing their insights on the challenges people are facing and stories of hope, healing, and transformation. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. It's no secret that the state of mental health for youth is a big concern. Hannah Reed, a Wedgwood therapist and recent panelist at Wedgwood's State of the Child, joins us to talk about mental health and substance use and how the two often go hand in hand for the teens she works with. Joining us for a Wedgwood Coffee Break conversation today is Hannah Reed, one of the incredible therapists in our recovery and mental health counseling services. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so remind me how long you've worked here at Wedgwood. Um, I started at Wedgwood in January of 2017, worked for three and a half years in the um, Autism Center for Child Development. Okay. Um, during that time, I also interned in the substance use department um, in their intensive outpatient program. And a couple of years after I interned, I there was a position open in Kent County, and I applied, and I got that here. That's awesome. So it's cool that you've been able to work in two pretty distinct programs here at Wedgwood. Very much so, yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Your role now is an SUD, or a substance use disorder treatment therapist. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. So I do a lot of things as a substance use therapist, but primarily I work with adolescents okay. who are struggling with um, substance use of any kind. Um, and... That can mean anything from they occasionally vape to um, they're using much harder substances on a regular basis. Okay. So like you said, you mostly work with teens. What are some of the common challenges you're seeing amongst teenagers right now? Uh, I think we're all still in recovery mode from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of a lot of the kids that I work with, their lives changed pretty dramatically. And whether they changed back or just kept going in a different direction than they would have initially, um, there it's, it's all still a recovery process. I mm-hmm. think in that there's also um, increased tension sometimes at home because during COVID there was a lot more tension in general, so mm-hmm. families were at odds a little more. And then just getting back into rhythms of school, doing online, doing in person, what they're what what they're doing and how they're doing it is is still a process, a learning process, a changing process. So um, just figuring out what life looks like um, mm-hmm. on a year-to-year basis as things come and go and change. So yeah, that's that's been challenging. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of instability is kind of the big thing for kids right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so why are kids using? So the things you talked about don't necessarily, I mean, at first glance wouldn't think, oh, yes, they're feeling sure. stressed out at school, so they're going to start using a hard drug. So why mm-hmm. are kids using and then what do a lot of the kids that you work with use? That's it's it's a big range for why. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the clients that I work with have undiagnosed mental health concerns, so um, ADHD, depression, anxiety and and they're using to self-medicate. Some mm-hmm. of them um, are in peer groups where they experimented a little bit and now it's something that they're using more regularly. So it can be a wide variety of things. Infrequently, it's just because they like the feeling of being high. More more often, it's because without smoking or drinking or using some other substance, um, the world doesn't feel quite right to them. Mm, Um, High anxiety, high depression, ADHD, meaning it's hard to focus. Um, Most of my clients have ADHD, um, and most of my clients smoke marijuana or have smoked marijuana at some point regularly. So that's the most common one that I see. Um, Alcohol is often connected as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have clients who are also who also have histories of using things like 
acid regularly, cocaine. Um, I've had a couple who have used something along the opioid um, perspective of heroin, even fentanyl. Um, so there's a big range, but the most mm-hmm. common is, is marijuana and alcohol. Okay. It's kind of scary to think like teenagers are using such like hard, intense drugs, but yeah. if they're really struggling and they need to like escape, maybe is mm-hmm. that kind of where that stems from? Yeah. Struggling and needing to escape. Um, but also just you, if you like the feeling of something, so, and then once you build up a tolerance to that thing, you jump to something else that could also feel good and then sometimes you just don't know what your brain is going to hook onto and mm-hmm. have a hard time letting go of okay. so sometimes it just comes from experimentation someone had something one time they tried it they were like wow this is amazing tried it again for fun and then the more they try it the more their brain develops a dependence on it and it's harder to walk away from it mm-hmm. okay so it's often not intentional yeah it just happens gradually and then all of a sudden yeah yeah not like somebody would choose to be an addict or no Um, So you talked a little bit about marijuana, and I think sometimes people have this uh, perception that teens using substances is just like something that kids do or they're experimenting. Mm -hmm. It's like a natural part of being a teenager, Mm -hmm. especially when it's things that kind of have a connotation that's harmless or natural, like sometimes marijuana can have. For sure. But it can have some really serious long-term impacts specifically on kids. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the biggest concerns that you have about adolescents and even young adults using substances? Occasional use, it looks very different from consistent um, and regular use. Mm -hmm. Um, I think when we think about experimentation, we think about a kid going to a party one weekend and trying a sip of beer or trying a beer for the first time, which is very different from that kid then going, well, this feels great. I need to seek this out frequently to Mm -hmm. feel okay. Um, Part of the concern is you don't always know as a teenager what your brain is going to hook onto. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of hormones and brain development and things changing and the world doesn't feel quite right to most preteens and teenagers because they're in this weird stage where they're trying to be independent and trying to come into their young adulthood but also having all these restrictions from parents and these requirements from school so there's just a lot of exhaustion and a lot of stress and a lot of emotional roller coaster going on Mm -hmm. um the concern is if as a teenager you start to medicate that with substances you have a more difficult time coping with that long term in the Mm -hmm. future um a lot of times Kids who start using any substances regularly as a way to self-medicate um, without getting prescriptions or having some sort of supervision and, and knowing how different things will be impacting you. Um, as they get older, they have higher incidences of things like depression and anxiety mm. um, th- because they just haven't, as their brain was developed, they they didn't develop the strategies to cope with mm-hmm with those mental health concerns um, in a healthier way without needing something. So you're going to go through your life feeling like you need something to be okay, mm-hmm. which is eventually going to have a really negative impact on your physical health. If you if we can avoid it, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also we need to listen when, when teens are like, this is not quite right. Something is not right with how I perceive the world and how I function within mm-hmm. it. Because the difference with actual medication is it's typically targeted a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Smoking weed impacts your whole brain. Alcohol impacts cer- certain areas of your brain very intensely Mm -hmm. um so it's not targeted it just is a blanket covering the thing that the kid might need to get covered Mm -hmm. well and if it's a prescribed medication too there's oversight into how much is being taken and when and why and And side effects and do we need to change it up do we need to try something new do we need to discontinue it yeah there's someone who's frequently checking in to make sure this is not having a negative impact Mm -hmm. um it's frustra- more frustrating to try prescribed medication because you're looking for that targeted effect rather the, than the blanket mm-hmm. um, feel-good feeling that often comes with other substances. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting you touched on it a little bit about kids not learning the right coping skills if, you know, they just use a, a substance to numb maybe the weird feeling that they have or mm-hmm. any um, grief that they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So building resiliency is an important part of like te- being a teenager and then how to be a successful adult. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Mm. And then you also talked about the brain. I think I read somewhere that like kids' brains don't aren't fully developed until they're like 25. Mm-hmm. Yep. So using a substance while your brain is still trying to develop and, you know, be a function, a fully functioning brain probably impacts how it continues to develop. Yep. And and de- brain development happens in a couple of big bursts when you're a kid mm-hmm. until you're about seven and then brain development slows down a little bit. And then when you hit preteen, puberty, all that stuff, there's another big change. Mm-hmm. Things start to develop again in a different way. Um, and so that gradually slows down over time. Um until you hit 25, um, which is the concern with a lot of substance use mm. is it starts when you're hitting that like explosion. Mm-hmm. And the more you use, the younger you are, um, the more it will impact how your brain continues to spread out and, mm. and develop different neural connections and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So if that's such a vulnerable time for kids' brain development and potential use for substances that can impact their development, what sorts of things can kind of help curb that or I don't know if reversing effects is even possible, but kind of help kids move forward in a healthy way? Well, the brain can also be pretty resilient. Mm. Um, if, if you are able to begin practicing more healthier, healthy behaviors, again, younger, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot healthier than, than waiting till your brain is done developing and then trying to quit mm-hmm. something because that's going to have a more of a like an earthquake-like uh, reaction in your brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I think things that you can do to kind of preemptively help kids get through that time, building building good relationships with your kids when they're still young. So you don't wait until they're at the stage where they're trying to push you away. Mm-hmm. Having that solid foundation kind of built is really important. Um, and making sure you're balancing giving kids the freedom to choose, even if it's the wrong choice, even if it's stressing you out. Mm-hmm. Um, and also giving them consistent feed, positive feedback when they're handling things in a good way is really mm-hmm. important. Um, I think... A lot of times kids need to look at their peer groups and go, Are, what, is, what am I getting? What mm-hmm. am I giving? How is this balanced? Um, and how confident do I feel with the people I'm around? Because mm-hmm. if you use substances to feel confident with the people you're around, it's probably something going on that's outside of just, I need this to be okay. It's maybe you don't need these people around you. Yeah, it's mm. great advice. So you talked about this a little bit. So how do we address these concerns with kids using substances or how do we help as a community decrease substance use in general? Uh, I think it's really important for most teenagers to not feel judged Mm -hmm. um, and to not feel like by expressing or or coming clean about something, they're going to immediately get judgment thrown back at them and Mm -hmm. and get a lot of anger. I think if you have a teenager in your life, whether you work with them or you're friends with them or they're in your youth group or you're a teacher or they're your kid, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think being somebody that they can talk to about it and then not receive judgmental, oh, you really shouldn't be doing that, um, but get a question of, okay, what, what happened? Why, why did that, why was that a choice you made? Like, what mm-hmm. was going on? What's, what do you feel is the benefit of using this? So then you become a safe person to talk to, and you also start to understand why is this one person using this substance? Mm-hmm. Um, because that provides a lot more avenues for how do we get them what they need without them using this. Mm-hmm. So I think just being a non-judgmental person, they can talk to about it. Um, is a really important step because kids will get it if they want substances they'll get them like there there's 
so many avenues that they can get things that mm-hmm. they need. You can't ground them enough or um, punish them enough to get them from to not to not be able to access it. Um, so it's it's very much about being someone that they can talk to about it once they get it, and if especially if they're having a bad reaction to something, so that they can have a safe person who will help them get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you talked about it earlier about how a lot of times it's based on some sort of lack of something, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. emotional, behavioral, something. Um, so having the relationship to help fill or identify whatever void the kid may be feeling is so important. Yeah, it's really important to be a trusted person. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they tell you they got drunk over the weekend, all right, that that was an interesting choice. Tell me a little bit about what was going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, not not necessarily trying to enable and be like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. But right. not also not saying, I can't believe you did that. You're grounded. You're the worst. You should never do this. This mm-hmm. is so bad. So trying to have a balanced reaction and kind of let them tell you what's going on that led them down that road and then help them problem solve a different way to do it in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wedgwood offers a variety of substance use disorder treatment services and mental health services for kids and adults all across West Michigan. Mm-hmm. How do you see our comprehensive and person-focused approach making an impact in the lives of the people dealing with addiction and the kids that you work with? So the great thing about working in the substance use um, department in Kent County is we have a lot of resources and we have a lot of different ways that we provide services. Um, So I do everything from outreach work, going one-on-one to people's homes in the community, going to their schools, meeting with them them in the office. Um, I do family counseling. I do group counseling um, to address whatever the client needs. If they need a lot of high-intensity services, they come to our early recovery groups and they go through a two-month curriculum of let's work through what's going on and help Mm -hmm. you get to a point where you're being clean for a while and you're more motivated. And then you can move into our relapse prevention group where we meet less often, but you still have that group support. Um, If a client is not interested in groups, we do one-on-one counseling, and we can do that with their families, and we can do that once or twice a week, um, or we can do that every other week if they're feeling like they can can handle it. So the the goal of a lot of our substance use programs is to meet them as intensely as they need right now Mm -hmm. and then back off over time so that they can begin to implement those coping skills on their own and without as much intensive support and hopefully also giving parents the tools to continue that process with them over time. Mm -hmm. And I love that it, I mean, I've heard a lot that, you know, recovery is a journey (laughs) and our services kind of mirror that as, as they move through uh, their journey of recovery, our services shift to meet their needs, which is super cool. Yeah. And it's, and that's, that's one of the things that I like about this program and this department is is we have, we have a lot of shifting that we can do. I mean, Wedgwood offers everything from prevention services all the way through to residential services. Um, and as a counselor, as a therapist, as someone working one-on-one with these kids, I get to ask them what they want to do mm-hmm. and then also tell them, okay, from a clinical perspective, this is what I think would be best for you. Let's meet in the middle. Let's let's figure out what the best way to support you is mm-hmm. with parental input as well, but it's it's very much focused on, on a client. If it client of mine is over 14. They get to make their own decisions. They get to sign their own paperwork. Um, so I get to empower them to make those kind of adult decisions mm-hmm. at a younger age than maybe if they were going to that actual doctor where the age of consent is 18 instead mm. of 14. So it gives me the ability to work more um, and focus more on the teenager that I'm working with and let them make their own decisions and also encourage them to make decisions that I think are going to be healthy for them. Mm-hmm. And if they have ownership in their own treatment, I imagine that mm-hmm impacts how invested they are and kind of the effectiveness of treatment overall. Absolutely. Yep. Having that um, 
investment is really important and showing them that I'm not here to just tell them what to do, mm-hmm. but we're going to collaborate and work together and create something that um, we're both motivated for. I'm, I'm motivated to help you get there and you're motivated to get there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. How do you see God moving in the work that you do? A lot of the teens that I work with have a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that have gone wrong in a lot of ways. Um, to get them to where they where they're at, some of them are, are great and they just need a couple of months of <laughs> extra support. But mm-hmm. a, the more often there's there's trauma and there's pain, um, there's uh, misunderstandings and there's feelings of isolation. Um, so I, the power of just showing people love and and giving them some connection and giving them the space to be whoever they need to be, um, encouraging them on the journey to whoever God wants them to be, um, instead of telling them how they need to be is is a really powerful one. Um, because I'm coming alongside, I get to help them to flourish in whatever capacity God wants them to flourish in. Mm-hmm. I also get to be a Christian and not push Christianity sure. mm-hmm. on on my kids. I I'm, I'm do my best to be a representative of my faith without expecting them to conform to the same faith. Mm-hmm. Building that trust is really important. So most of my clients know I'm a Christian and I go to church and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also know that I'm not going to say, how dare you not be a Christian or let's mm-hmm. pray at the end of a counseling session. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they know that, that that's who I am and they're free to ask questions as much as they want. Um, but I... I'm also just someone who's representing my faith without needing them to conform to get the services and the support they need. Mm-hmm. Just being an example. Yeah, That's as awesome. much as I can. Is there one takeaway or piece of advice you want to leave our listeners with in terms of recovery and mental health? Um, addiction is very much a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. It's not something you can treat once and be done. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our services, um, even if there's a time limit to them, um, people are going to need support for a much longer time. Um, it requires a lot of patience. You're not going to see progress in a month. Mm-hmm. If they're using something like cocaine, you're maybe, you might not see progress in three months or six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so just being patient with the process um, is really important. Being patient with the kid that, you're, mm-hmm. that you have in your life mm-hmm. um, is really important. And making sure your number one asset is always going to be the relationship you have. So maintaining the integrity of that and the trust within that as much as possible is just really important. As you also continue to encourage and not enable and just push them towards a healthier place, you're also trying to also respect that their pace is going to be different than what you want it to be. So Mm -hmm. patience and understanding that this is chronic, it's not not something you can treat with a couple quick sessions and some medication. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a great reminder. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about this important issue today and for your work to bring hope and healing to people in our community. It was great to chat with you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. If you or someone you love could use additional encouragement and support to help move towards a healthier lifestyle in terms of mental health and substance use, Wedgwood is here to help. Our outpatient counseling and recovery services have immediate openings. Head to our website or call Wedgwood's Bauma Counseling Center at 616-942-7294 to learn more and get connected to services. Wedgwood Christian Services is committed to extending God's love and providing exceptional care and support. Head on over to wedgwood.org, that's W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D.org, to learn more about how you can get connected to services, support Wedgwood's mission, or join our team. Connect with us on social media at WedgwoodCS or send us an email at hello at Wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.